This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Important things that we need to know beyond just the dollars and cents and figures. Yeah, I think the biggest thing here is pushing the market forward in terms of early cash flow. His first year cash flow of $100 million is $20 million above Lamar Jackson, which was the previous record. So a gigantic number and a number that you're going to see. Everyone, of course, is thinking Cincinnati, thinking Joe Burrow. Cincinnati does not guarantee money at the same level as every other team. So, you know, the concession they have to give often is massive signing bonuses, massive upfront money, and now they have a very, very high number to hit there. It's going to be interesting. I think they're going to get it done, but it's going to be interesting to see what Cincinnati does here to get that deal done. Something always goes wrong with the Chargers. Is this the year they finally go over the win total at nine and a half? I really want to think so. I know we probably say this every year, but I really do think so. You get some positive regression um, with injuries would be the biggest thing, and that is always a thorn in their side. They did change their sports science staff, it sounds like. So, you know, maybe there's a signal there, some meaning there. But, you know, no Rashawn Slater the whole season, a lot of no Joey Bosa, basically no J.C. Jackson the whole season. I think you drop in a Quentin Johnson in the first round. So even if you do miss some time uh, with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, which you probably will miss a couple of games there, no matter what you know you're buoyed now by a good first round draft pick so I am bullish on them I am buying the hype for the uh I don't know 12th season in a row uh but I think this finally (laughs) is when they pull through so Brad now with uh Justin Herbert you know getting the 262 million dollar five-year extension you brought up Joe Burrow so after Joe Burrow gets taken care of do you see a way that Cincinnati will be able to keep Jamar Chase T Higgins everybody on that offensive side of the ball after paying Joe Burrow and still have, you know, a top 20 defense to go out and try to win a Super Bowl every single season? Is that possible? That's the key. You nailed it right there. I mean, you have two very important players in DJ Reader and Shadobi Awuzie going into contract years right now. And yes, you know, Awuzie obviously tore his ACL last year, but looks like he's expected to be cleared for camp and, you know, was a very, very good number one corner for them. You also have Logan Wilson at an off-ball linebacker going into a contract year, etc. So, I think they can because I think what they've been smart about is the last couple draft classes and and free agency to a degree as well is you let some, you know, expensive players like a Jesse Bates walk, but you add Daxon Hill in the first round last year. You add Jordan Battle from Alabama, a very good player in the third round this year. And then, you know, getting into edge rushers like Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson have been phenomenal, but eventually we'll get to the end of their deals. So you go out and add Miles Murphy in the first round. So I think obviously you have to hit on these picks, which is not a guarantee, but What I like that they've done is they're addressing future problems now, allowing players to develop potentially into those roles. You know, I always say you're drafting for a couple years out. You're not drafting for this season. And I think they've done a pretty, pretty good job in that regard. Hopefully it works out for them. 
Speaking of the Chargers, uh, they have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. He was with the Cowboys for several years, uh, even dating back to when he was actually playing in the league as a backup quarterback, uh, one of the few left-handed quarterbacks, uh, fun little bit of trivia there. But I'm curious when you evaluate the Cowboys offense from last year, the biggest problem was all these tight windows that Dak was throwing into, and it led to several interceptions, higher numbers than uh, we would normally expect from Prescott. How much of that do you blame the quarterback on, and how much do you blame the offensive coordinator on as far as that's concerned? And is that something, as far as a trend goes, that we could see with Justin Herbert and the Chargers this year? I would also throw in, frankly, you know, Michael Gallup coming off a torn ACL was not himself last year. Just didn't have the burst. He's a guy with great body control, not the best separator, but a plus separator. And we just didn't see that on film last year. And I'd like to think that's because, you know, sometimes it takes the guys a full year to get back up to speed. You then add in a Brandon Cooks, which I think is huge for not just adding Brandon Cooks himself, but, you know, the ability to take the top off the opposing defense. We know CeeDee Lamb's going to operate out of the slot for the most part. Um, and, and you create more room for him underneath. So, you know, I, I really think that's the biggest thing. Dak obviously has to protect the football a little bit more. He really should, given how good this defense is, not feel pressed to always fit the ball in tight windows. And, yeah, I'm sure Kellen Moore's route trees and, and things of that nature are a factor as well. You know, maybe we'll see it in L.A., but I'd probably take that over the four-yard average depth of target offense we had from Joe Lombardi <laughs> uh, with the strongest armed quarterback in the NFL maybe. Yeah, yeah, we're given a lot of reasons why we should uh, buy into the Chargers coming up this season. Maybe they'll finally break through. All right, uh, it feels like we're going back in time a little bit this offseason because we're talking about running backs so much. And it, partly due to uh, the own running backs. They, they're standing out. They're talking. They're not happy with the way things have been going, even though this has been happening for years. So we get the Saquon deal done. We We get an Eckler deal done. Nothing on Delvin Cook, uh, Josh Jacobs, not a camp. Who knows when, when he's going to show up. He's a rushing leader a year ago. Where are we with running backs right now? Has your opinion changed at all with running backs? And are they just powerless in this situation? Yeah, it, we're approaching, I think, a rock-bottom point. I'm not sure if we're there just yet. I think, for me, the rock-bottom might be if Jonathan Taylor, who is currently on the pup list, but, you know, not happy, it sounds like, with his situation, the rushing leader two years ago, eligible for an extension, you know, has come in and just been pretty much dominant since he got into the league. I always find this factoid interesting. Literally seven days before he was drafted, when Indianapolis traded up to take him, Christian McCaffrey signed a deal for $16 million a year. So Indy, knowing that happened, seeing that happened a week prior, traded up for a running back in that draft class and took him. And now you get comments from Chris Ballard yesterday that to me sounded, if I was Jonathan Taylor and his agency, not very happy. Like, oh, the market is what it is. We'll, we'll address that when we need to. Not exactly things you'd want to hear about a guy if you think he's going to pay your player. So, yeah, I mean, where we are is they are pretty powerless. And I think you see that ultimately with Saquon Barkley where – they have this Zoom meeting. They talk through things. They try to find creative solutions. And then he basically signs the franchise tag. I mean, they tried to dress it up as some better deal. $900,000 in incentives for getting basically all pro statistics and also making the playoffs, which the Giants are not guaranteed to do in this division. 
it's it's brutal, and I think they're going to have to get. You know, we're on a gambling podcast. I've been floating around the idea of do you try to get super creative and maybe tie a player pool of money to prop bets if they're on that player because we know running backs probably get bet more than anyone else. Do you do? I think you truly have to think outside of the box here because the current construct of the NFL, this market's not going to turn around. And while we're talking about running backs, I actually wanted to get your thoughts on Atlanta coming into the season because we're seeing them take some sharp action where their win totals went from eight to eight and a half. They also spent money on the defensive side of the ball. Fifth most, I believe, in free agency. They did bring in a guy like Jesse Bates. I don't know what Jeff Okuda is. He wasn't very good in Detroit, but they bring him in as well in the secondary. What do you uh, think about Atlanta coming into the season? Are they maybe a dark horse contender in the NFC or at least a team maybe where uh, you'd go over their win total? It's funny. It's probably a compliment and an insult at the same time. Like, I kind of think they could be this year's Minnesota Vikings, where I, I think they could win 10, 11 games, but I think seven of those wins could be by four points, you know, or less, right? Like, I think they are going to play a lot of close, tight games. They're probably in the worst division in the NF NFL and the NFC South. You know, we'll see what Desmond Ritter has to offer. I think he was good in one game last year um, and, and very poor in the other that we saw from him down the stretch. But, yeah, the defense, it's not going to be great, but should be, you know, vastly improved. They had 30 – I want to say they had 34 sacks the last two seasons, and Nick Bosa had 32. I mean, they literally could not generate a pass for us to save their life. So I think they'll be pretty solid. I think they are a, you know, potential wild card situation, maybe win that division right around nine wins. But, yeah, I could see them too, though. You know, with the way they're constructed, if they want to just bleed clock and just keep the football out of the opposing team's hands, win a lot of 21-17 football games, maybe sneak in, you know, 11 or 12 wins. But again, like a fluke, not fluky, but a, you know, an underlying metric not supporting 11 or 12 wins. He's Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, here on BetQL Daily. Of course, sporting a two-lane shirt, which means that he's a smart guy, knows what he's talking about, roll wave. Uh, left tackle, Andrew Thomas and the Giants uh, reach an agreement on a five-year, $117.5 million extension. Includes an offensive line record, $67 million fully guaranteed at signing. So he will stay with New York through the 2029 season. How do you feel like the Giants are handling their business fiscally? Because with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and now Andrew Thomas, you've got some big names who are due some sizable contracts. They take care of Thomas, but they're still in this really awkward spot where you're not exactly sure what you have at the quarterback position. Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, is playing well at a time when running backs aren't getting paid. And the Giants still have a lot left to prove, especially in a division with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Yeah, I think I've even said on this show when the Daniel Jones broke a couple months ago that I, I really felt like the franchise tag was created for Daniel Jones. Like, he is the poster child of why that mechanism is in play in the NFL. He just he had 15 touchdown passes last year. Yeah, his legs were pretty solid. And to, to his credit, the receivers they had were, you know, probably bottom of the NFL – um, so you could see a, a progression of growth from him, but I just didn't really love the extension. On the other hand, and I know every time I say this, fans are like, what are you talking about? I think Andrew Thomas's deal might be the most team-friendly deal I've seen in years. I, I mean, I think getting your franchise bookend top five pick left tackle on a five-year extension when Laramie Tunsil just signed for three at $25 million a year is insane. I, I, I think it's one of the best deals I've seen in a long time. Um, and he's under contract for seven years now with New York, which will go a very long way. So it's been kind of a mixed bag, but Dexter Lawrence is a star. You know, I think Andrew Thomas is a, is a budding star as well. Um, got to get those receivers working. Got to get Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, playing some better football. But I, I like the trajectory. It, yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be the big question mark.
All right, I'm not uh, trying to get you in trouble with a colleague or anything, but I, but I've gotta I gotta ask this question. Now I don't know if he's your boss or not, so you know, feel free to protect yourself. But um, <laughs> Sam Munson, his best offensive coordinators list. As a Bears fan, how much did it hurt you to see Matt Nagy on the top ten list and number eight best offensive coordinators? Uh, on the list, uh, did you address Sam? Did you text him? Uh, did, was it was there a disagreement? Uh, what happened there? And and do you agree with his assessment that Ben Johnson's the best in the game? I'll tell you this: uh, I love Sam, but we can make fun of him as much as we want. Uh, you know, I, I actually—it's funny you mentioned Matt Nagy. I actually gave him crap for uh, Brian Schottenheimer being on that list. I'm not exactly sure how he made that list, but. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I do think there are some guys like a Nagy where they're just currently better suited as play callers and coordinators than running an entire football team. Um, you know, maybe Nagy gets that chance again down the road, but I think we'd probably agree he was a bit in over his head in Chicago. Um, but, I mean, look, I think you and I could be the offensive coordinator for, for Patrick Mahomes and do decently well. So, to the Ben Johnson point, yes, I emphatically agree. I think he should be the number one name on every single team's head coaching search list next year. Uh, I put out an article uh, yesterday about the Washington Commanders and mentioned that Ben Johnson could be maybe the, the heir apparent to Ron Rivera. You look at the stats for Ben Johnson's offense last year, um, top five in yards after the catch. They were uh, top five in EPA per play. They were one of the best red zone teams in the NFL. They were third in conversion rate on third and fourth and seven behind only Kansas City and Cincinnati. I mean, every single stat, every single way you want to break it down, this was a top five offense. And I'm not the biggest Jared Goff fan in the world. They really didn't have much outside of Amon Ross St. Brown for stretches last year. Uh, I think he is the best play caller in the NFL or the best offensive coordinator uh, in the NFL right now. Uh, Brad, I think we got about 60 seconds here. So Brock Purdy cleared, ready to go for San Francisco. Looks like he'll be there week one. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Niners heading into the season? Can Brock Purdy do what he did last season? Massive news. I really thought that was not going to happen. I was waiting for the Sam Darnold era for the first couple of weeks uh, to play out and see how that went. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think outside of quarterback, they might have the best roster in the NFL. So, it also is tied to the NFC, I think, is just so far behind the AFC where it would be a bigger deal if Brock Purdy was competing with, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, it's all right. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, right? So um, I do. I, th I think they're a very good football team. I do love Seattle. Uh, probably my biggest exposure in a division win total. But San Francisco should be, you know, a, a true contender in the NFC. Oh, boy. They, they are also in the division with Seattle, though. And again, just a few seconds left here. But uh, Joe and I are very high on Seattle because we feel like at least the quarterback position is in a better place there. What do you think about Geno Smith? Love him. I, I don't think he, you know, fell back last year as much as people are talking about. I think it's kind of just the natural ebbs and flows of, a, of an NFL season. And then go look at the quarterback performances against San Francisco in the playoffs. Uh, and it's Geno's is the best by a mile. I mean, Jalen Hurts couldn't do anything against them. Dak Prescott couldn't do anything against them. And yeah, this is like a one game sample size. But I mean, led, led the NFL for us in touchdown passes through an over 20 plus yards downfield was playing with two rookie tackles. Uh, who will probably get better. You add in Jackson Smith and Jigba, another year in the system, probably not looking behind his back, you know, and Gino, not worried about getting replaced. I, I, like I said, it's my biggest division win total uh, bet of the entire offseason. That's not going to change. 
Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. Make sure to follow him on the platform formerly known as Twitter, at PFF underscore Brad. Thank you so much for your time. We, get, we greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, new contracts are flying all over the place in the NFL. Will any of them lead to Super Bowl rings? It's let's go or hell no. That's next right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.